welcome to the 50th episode of Zeno Chat, ignoring bonus episodes. I am your host, Tyler, along with Justin. Hey, everyone. All right, we got uh, several returning faces. First up, we have Mari. Hello. We have Nick. Hey, hey, hey. We have B. Hello. And we have Anthony. Hello. All right, today uh, we're going to, I know uh, you guys are waiting um, on bated breath for our Xenoblade 3 final review, but um, we're going to go back to Xenoblade 2 for a little bit before we get into that. I promise it's coming. Probably yeah, November. Just, just give us a bit more time. Some of us have not finished I was yet. Gonna it, say some people didn't finish yet. It big. Yeah, it I'm big one game. Of them. Yeah, and yeah, you one of them. Yeah, we didn't finish. Uh, and honestly, I just want more time to process it. Same, same. I'm I'm gonna be close. Uh, uh, if I make that one, but um, I'm 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 working on it. I'm uh, I think I'm a little bit into chapter four out of seven so there's a chance there's a good chance i might make it early holiday gift just think of it that way i guess i don't know it's not gonna be a gift is it <laughs> it's a gift yes sure it's size if y'all want to see reviews for xenoblade 3 there's plenty of them on youtube but yeah. our review yeah. is gonna be we'll get to it eventually we'll get to it eventually yes on the like my opinion we're actually qualified to talk about it that's right <laughs> but we're not as clickbaity as them so i mean oh my gosh on the bright uh, side, all they had to have—I mean, well, if you think about it, all they had to have was a journalism degree, if that, to be qualified to talk about it. So why not us? All right. So, anyways, moving back to our episode, uh, let's talk about some news in our little merch watch. So, special edition goods for Xenoblade Chronicles Three have finally been shipped to folks in North America. And I think most of us here got our special edition stuff, right? Yeah, I got, I got one shrine. of them. I, I got, I'm waiting on a few more. Some of them got pushed back to October. Huh? Oh, yeah. yeah but, oh, yeah. That's right. I think it's because they had not made enough stocks for the first um, batch, and uh, some people had to wait for the second batch in October. But still got, uh, they still got the confirmation that yeah. they were going to get it. It's just they it's have to Wario wait for the next batch. 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait on that. And from what I heard, uh, Nintendo New York is going to have the special edition stuff at the store. But I also read that you need the receipt in order to pick them up. So I think it's for people who pre-ordered it at the Nintendo store. Mm. Oh, that yeah, that would make right. sense. Yeah. That would make sense, yeah. So, I think some people did. Yeah, so before you uh, get on the bus or train to head up to New York and try to head up to the Nintendo store, keep that in mind. Um, also... It seems it sounds like the special edition goods went up for order on the European Nintendo store. Yeah, the because, online store. Um, basically, Europeans had had a bit of a different uh, ways of doing it. I think it's because they saw the fiasco with America and they were like, "Yeah, it's gonna be too complicated." It, it was too complicated to try and manage how to ship two shipment to everyone, so they probably went like, "You know what, guys." You guys in Europe just buy the standard and we'll have the special edition goodies up for pre orders later, which and was this week, and it was a mess. Again. They still messed it up. They still messed it up. <laughs> I still don't know. That's, that's crazy. 
if at this least, is any kind at least of what I saw, uh, Wario was not to be seen with just the red screen and uh, <laughs> timeout thing. Oh, I hear the I hear the Europeans get Waluigi instead. Actually, <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> that's that's just as bad. But I, I didn't see it in the memes though. So I don't know. I don't know if they got it for this this thing, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's terrible how much Nintendo messes up with that. Sorry, your European friends, we feel yeah. your pain. I do hope that they have like they do something like they did for us, where they do another day, and they more <laughs> hardcore watch it to be like because you remember for us like when we were pre-ordering it like. Almost all of us, pretty much all of us got it and we got a few extra copies, but I feel like it's because they were putting on a listing, they were removing it and putting a new one. So I feel like they were constantly watching it to like, you know, manage the traffic before it crashed. But like, I feel like Europe, they did like the first day that they did it here would just crash for a couple of hours. I honestly feel like like you're giving them way too much credit. But it's true though the 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 listings kept going off and on and like, or like it had crashed a little bit, but then after that it was like, it was always on. <laughs> so, I feel like they were watching it a lot more closely the second time. So in <laughs> even other words, though it was still messy, we still managed to all order it. So, so in other words, Nintendo, you need an extra hamster. Yep. <laughs> Or five hundred. You need to upgrade your toasters. <laughs> yeah, you need one more hamster running in that wheel. You, you need two Nupon on that hamster wheel. <laughs> yes, exactly. Quick, yeah. get Banna. Not just Banna. <laughs> Quick, get Banna's dad. Don Don Don. <laughs> yeah, let's go. All right. I just gave you a segue. No, I'm kidding. We're not ready for that part yet. <laughs> no, we're not. So uh, there's still more we can talk about. Um, over on Ami Ami, you can get the acrylic figures for Xenoblade 3. Those are still up for pre-order. And I noticed that they actually have the Mithra figure up for order. I believe that got a reprint recently. Because I remember Play Asia had it in stock. It could be softer. Yeah, so I decided to order off of Ami Ami because I'm tired of waiting for Good Smile. In fact, I'm going to sign into my Good Smile account real quick. Because I think like on there, it's not supposed to ship until like 2023. Meanwhile, oh, Ami wow. has it in stock right now. So I'm like, that you know what? Let me just get surprising. this. My brother was going to order a brand new re-release from there just the other day. In fact, I, I did I did just the other day myself. And that one, which is a re-release, was not going to be coming out until like 2024 or something like that. It was when yeah. they had it marked. I was like, what? It's ridiculous. Like I'm look, I'm on my good spawn right now. So the Mithra estimated time of shipment March 2023. Meanwhile, That's here crazy. it is on Ami Ami. I could just get oh it right God. now, which is exactly what I did. And and I'm gonna go ahead and cancel this off a of good smile. So yeah, good smile. You lost some. Um, you lost some business right there. <laughs> well, basically, just the makers yep. of the, the Oh, the then again, screen. even though you technically didn't, because it was. I, you, I was just about to say you, you really did it because I just got it from somewhere else. <laughs> you sold it to Amiyami to sell to me. It's... I was just about to say that. Yeah, I was like, but, uh, yeah, the, you don't get the full the... slice of cake. You, you get a part of the cake. You get part of the cake. You were close. <laughs> But yeah, uh, 
she should still be up on Ami Ami. Actually, let me check that real quick. Let me fact check myself on it. Uh, come on, Ami Ami, load, load, load. Actually, yeah, I'm because it takes some time to load sometimes. Mm-hmm. Ami, Ami, Mithra, right? Mm. Yeah, you can still uh, order her on there. Ami, Ami, not model. You can also Ami, order the okay. Siren model kit as well. So those are up for order right now. Okay, how, what what what's twenty thousand yen in USD? It's just oh, right underneath. Yen is actually hey, down right, right there now. Underneath. No, 137. Huh. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for the amiibo. Okay. We don't know when the amiibo's coming. They haven't announced it. Yeah. What, what 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 is going on with that, by the way? Like he they have been radio silent. I think we're only just now getting Sephiroth, and Sephiroth was like a year and a half ago. Yeah, from Nintendo, this is unprecedented. Um, I saw a Minecraft amiibo the other day. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. Oh yeah, we have those. We have two of those. We have two of those. Yeah. I mean, just in general, I feel like the amiibo are kind of on their way out. Yeah, can't wait for it. I'm gonna be rich. I want my cute little figures. Yeah, just like all your game collecting. I'm sure. <laughs> no, no, Black no, no, market. No, no, no. The, game, the game collecting is probably a bust, but I honestly do think that the amiibo are gonna like actually go up in value. I, I, I am hard banking on that. I hope so for you. Anyway. I really hope so, too. All right, moving on. Yep, moving on indeed. So, um, other than that, it looks like the Xenoblade 3 DLC, the new wave, is is us out? or Either out or it's going to be preloaded? Today. It's it pre- supposed to come out? Oh, wait. Well, yeah, no, yeah, technically it's... tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to say it's preloaded Which, already. Of this recording, it's 10-13 right now. Yeah, October, uh, 13th. October 13th. Yeah, by the time this is released, it's going to be out. Yes. Yep. Yes. So that's another reason we're going to wait for our review so we can uh, check out this new hero character in the uh, battle yeah, mode. Yeah, then by the time we do the review, there's going to be maybe the next one. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's maybe. true. <laughs> I can ever find that last other hero as is, anyway. Mm-hmm. More content. Also, the other thing, uh, did we mention the, the books we got? I think we skipped it. <laughs> But yeah, we got the. A lot of us did buy uh, the Cosmos Fix book. And yeah, by Choco. Got it and yes. it's beautiful. It is beautiful. <laughs> and um, and I also recently, I managed to uh, also secure a copy of uh, one of the old Choco book of uh, Xenosaga Saga Tree. Uh, you know, of the the three the three books you had done in the past like oh the, the, the mentioned. yeah yeah the, these ones like i got the tree and i was just like yes i got the unofficial nice. uh Sang hard book or the the most official one we could get considering it's non-existent <laughs> i do want to say about the cosmos fix book uh one of my favorite parts about that book is all the guest artist drawings of cosmos and telos really nice yes Oh yeah, Very, the co- Cosmos really cool. fix. Yeah, if you, it, if you really want nice. to see Cosmos in drawn by the Fate artist, that that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys were telling me about that. It's yeah, so it's funny. good. It's good. And Saito's in there, and uh, Red Juice, another artist I really like, did a version. Yeah, of there's Cosmos. a lot of really good artists in that. Some book. really good ones. Yeah, and Choco did some. Also added some other re- redesigns in there that I really like too. I'm like. Yeah, these, these are future Cosmos figures in the making right here. He also threatens <laughs> anyone who brings up Mokaz in the book, which is pretty great. 
It's, <laughs> at least that sounded like a. Th- I read it like a threat. I know that there is a. Um, <sighs> Whoever uh, said Mokaz, please step outside or something. So, yeah, <laughs> no, I did. I remember there is a like a, a notice at the beginning of the book that it's like because it's in English too, but it's like yeah. The, he admits that it's like partially machine. just machine translated, and there's you can tell. But I remember there's also one part where he calls Cosmos a porn star, and I'm like, is that is that what he meant? Yeah, I I don't know. Like, there's some yes, there's <laughs> like wording of some stuff in there that I feel like it's it's like from a very like. Uh, I'm looking way deeper into this artistic mindset where I feel like it was trying to describe that and didn't quite get across the point he was trying to make. But yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know that it was far off of that because like it, it's there's a lot of art where it looks like he's going for like this kind of more like grotesque, like to make people uncomfortable, kind of like look at a broken down uh, cosmos, and it's got some like. Oh yeah, you know sexualness to it, but not, but That's like, a, it feels was, like it's meant to make you uncomfortable on purpose. And I feel yeah, like yeah, pretty was much. Like uh, I know there was one where uh, she had a bit more of a trans, translucent body, but you could see like the parts inside. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> oh yeah, like the the spine. Through, yeah, like she I was love wearing that like one. lingerie looking. I really stuff, love that had, one like, her somehow. Spine like, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's pretty cool too. It's a really cool book. Definitely recommend getting it. Um, I we all ordered it from Otaku Republic, right? Yeah, because yes. it was a hundred mm-hmm. times easier. It was than the trying easiest to go through place. the whole proxy crap that was. Honestly, the proxy thing is not really easy, and mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of forces you to go through some Japanese pages. It's a bit confusing, to be honest. Oh, Taku Republic was very accommodating, and like yes. uh, they they packed yeah, it very well. Very I was pretty you order, pleased you with click, the order. You click, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Now, can you still get this book? Uh, uh, last let I me check. Let me check. Yeah. Didn't we check okay. last night, didn't we? Somebody did. I'll check again right now. Yeah. Maybe we can uh, link it. I don't know if it'll be still there. Yeah, who knows? The listings change a lot, so I would say it's better it. if they do a search because there's always multiple listings since they they both um, uh, sell yes, new and still, used. It is so. still available. Yes, it is. Um, you can get it for $44.43 USD. It's not bad, actually. Yeah. There's also yeah. a, a listing restocked bad. at 41. That's what I mean. Like their their listing are not always the same price. It depends mm-hmm. as if some were like the one at 44. It's written like Comic Cat, so I guess it's a stock from Comic Cat. While the rest stock is probably like more massively produced, so it's a bit cheaper. So uh, and they also have a used listing that's somehow a bit more expensive for some reason. <laughs> yeah, which was really odd, but yeah, if you see but that yeah, used you, one you first... You can still get the book there. Yeah, it's check. it's you know very what? easy to order there. Someone DM me that. I think I'm going to cop that. You're gonna oh, also, it? like, yeah. if you've never ordered through them before, apparently they send you, which I say apparently because this is the first time I had ever ordered through them, but they sent me, like, one of those, like, little book covers, which I know isn't a lot, but it was like, Dang, oh, that's kind of nice. Cool. You get, like, a little transparent book cover thing with it. Here you go. I posted. I sent you the cheapest one. That's also new, I believe. Thank you. Yeah, HK. it's a new one. You're welcome. 
All right. But yeah, that's about it for the merch, I think. Cool. Yep, that's basically it. So we can move on to the main event, which is more egg. But first, I guess let's talk about more Ardane since the two are kind of connected. Just a little connected. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're going to this episode is not just more egg, but more egg and more egg and friends and the 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 country of Moradine an, an important figure in which country no so what we're saying is Morag isn't good enough to get her own episode hey, no. <laughs> no, hey, no she's great it's more so that like Morag like you can talk about Morag without like the rest of the people around her too so it's like, kind of hard to talk about Morag without more ordain involved yeah, because of how involved whole, she is. Yeah, you, you know? need the whole picture. picture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think like because we're looking at the cheat sheet, I think you just copied and pasted my ramblings there about. Yes, um, what I did was I basically took most of your ramblings and put them wherever okay. I thought they were appropriate. Very lots of ramblings. Excellent. Well, mm-hmm. then I will start off with that rambling right there because I go for with, it. Go for it. Moradin is a dying titan. Um, and when the Titans get die, uh, die, they get really hot, as it was mentioned a lot. Um, but what's so special about Moradin is they're known for their hot uh, hot springs. So take off all your clothes at the hot oh, spring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah um, I think it was indicated that they um, mined the crap out of the Titan. Um, and that accelerated the Titan's death. Um, but the people don't seem to really care. They kind of live on like a high horse. Until Elmelthus took over Moradin and um, continued its acceleration when they were when he was blasting, you know, the World Tree with the chest of Moradin. Um, but yeah, did I also mention it has hot spring? Yeah, you forgot to mention that if you zoom out on the model of Moradin, he's wearing a swimsuit. That's right. That's right. Yes, he's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> More ordain is actually just one giant hot spring episode. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and it's it's like oh. like the only Titan that we kind of got a sense of what happens when a Titan dies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it gets really hot, and people don't care until it's too late. Just like global warming. Huzzah! Yeah, and the the thing is, yeah, because it's yeah, they are a very militaristic empire, and because their titan is dying, they're like trying to like also take over other nations. So like, hey, we're dying. We we need somewhere to go. Yeah. Who can steer us out of this problem? How about this young child? Yeah, that's why they wanted to take over um, uh, Gormont, I believe. Right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That is correct. Gormot is their target nation uh, that we see in the main game. Now, I have a question because I cannot remember to save my life. Um, were they looking to expand into Gormot 500 years ago? Because if I recall correctly, in Torna, they mentioned that Morardane is already like showing signs of, of, of dying. Yeah, I, I believe you're right in that. I do remember them touching a little bit about that. But my question is, because um, I, I can't remember, does anyone remember if during Torna, like, um, 
uh, more ordain is looking to expand at that point or were they kind of just writing writing it out at that uh, you know then i think at that point they were just um oh. i feel like they were just going around but not exactly expanding i'm not sure well um so we're just kind of there. <laughs> Once uh, citing uh, the Xenoblade fandom wiki, um, Gormot was an independent nation, but it fell under Ardanian control less than 50 uh, years okay. before Pyra's reawakening. So in Torna, it would have been an independent nation. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's they what were I just kind of there, but not quite. You know, they were not invading the, the place I mean, yet. If, if we played Torna first, then the core game, um, I think we would have seen um, like that. Um, I think because we played the core game first and then Torna, we had the kind of like a, uh, like a foreshadowing of maybe they were starting to think about it when Torna was a thing. You know what I'm trying to say? You sure do. Yeah. yeah, what I was, um, what I was really disappointed in with Torna, um, probably more than anything else, was I was actually really hoping to, that I didn't know what happened in the game, so I was hoping that <clears throat> the party would go to more Ardane, and I'd get to see a younger, like somewhat healthier Titan, and see how different that would be. But unfortunately, Torna never takes us there. You've you've literally got the the titan and you've got gormot and that's it yep that is a common complaint with torna but that's another story i guess i just didn't expect that to be in there but i i understand yeah that would that would have been really cool to see for sure i feel like it would make sense given the weight that they put on hugo in torna the golden country um but it, 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 at the same time what they did worked just fine yeah i was gonna say i guess like i feel like it would have made maybe a little more sense to like give him more like dialogue about it i suppose where or like talk about it more but i don't i don't know i don't know how i mean it is it is a dlc um and they already i mean yeah i guess they could have put it in there too it would have been pretty it had a lot of content in it as is but yeah i kind of get why they stuck to the places they stuck to for it I guess is what I'm saying, but yeah. Okay. Um, so this is just some of these notes are mine. I, I guess I should have put them in a better order. Um, it, cause it's I, fine. It's, it's fine. okay. <laughs> Take your time. Take no. your time. I think it, we're all tired of it. It's an evening and you know, <laughs> no, it's okay. But anyway, um, I was going to say, I'll, I'll kind of jump around a bit. But because um, I thought this was interesting, again, this is from the Xenoblade uh, fandom wiki, but um, both the Japanese and English names for um, Warrior Dane's Titan, um, which in Japanese, it's Super, Super, Superubia. Yeah, thank you. They both allude to the, the sin of pride, which makes a lot of sense for Mar Ordain with their imperialistic mindset um and then yeah because um the japanese name is actually a latin word and and uh more is scottish gaelic i thought that was a very interesting tidbit yeah and it matches their people quite well 
Yeah, it is. Um, and also, this is a little tidbit that I also thought interest was interesting is that there was a port town that we never go to on the right shoulder called Chilsane. But of course, uh, we it's mentioned like several times in both the main game and in Torna, but um, it is not a place we actually go to. I think I heard that it gets destroyed in the main game, but I yeah, I think it, I think I fairly barely remember that. But I think it's because it's something a bit more vague of a background lore thingy that my brain forgot a good portion of but yeah I, I think I vaguely remember something like that being mentioned yeah and then the last thing I had was uh, I really like the look of this titan a lot because it's yeah, the it only really cool. titan that looks kind of like humanoid in shape yeah it's the only oh, bite yeah. titan right it, it reminds me a lot of Groot yeah it looks <laughs> like a giant Groot I yeah I am more ordained. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh gonna gosh. say it actually reminds me of the third Colossi from uh, Should I do the, the French Colossus version from Shadow of the Colossus <laughs> a little bit? Um, Should I do the French version where they they break the French to make him look cuter? Wait, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah wait. Uh, the uh, Groot in French instead of saying. Oh. Uh, the regular, how you would say it usually in French, mm-hmm. they they kind of break the French a bit to make it look like he's struggling. Oh. Yes, 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 please say it, because I know what it would be in French. So they they say instead je s'appelle Groot. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> instead of saying je m'appelle Groot. That's actually really funny. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty great. <laughs> so this, this is the French of... Uh, Marvel movies, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that I was, I was like, maybe I should do the the French of like je s'appelle Morainen. It's kind of weird though because I'm trying to pronounce both French and English at the same time. I'm like, uh. But yeah. Turn each side of brain on. Yeah, yeah. Fringlish, you're speaking Fringlish. So we're all exactly. talking about like, like what when you're bilingual, what? there's no middle. It's yeah, I was gonna say gone. that's common there. Yeah, yeah. very common. What were you going to so say? If you're trying to say both at the same oh. time, it, it, it sounds weird. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is this is a, a completely incorrect take. So I'm just yeah. going to preface this by saying that. But what I see, what I see more ordained is um, I see, <laughs> this is such a stupid thing. I see Mikolash, host of the nightmare from the game Bloodborne, uh, because he wears that like stupid cage on his head. And when I see oh. sweats of Morardain, I I see the um I see the cage on the head, and like that's what it reminds me of. He's got a tall head. Yeah, yeah he's got a tall head. <laughs> that, that, and that's like I said, completely incorrect take, but that's what comes to mind. It's um, <laughs> it's it's Lanza's Ouroboros. I mean, you know what? Huh. Ant's had some funny takes over the years, but that's not that bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Man, I forget sometimes until I look at the picture of Morordain again, like how like top heavy he is or whatever <laughs> Titan is Titan you man. This, you gotta wonder like how the this the city, like the super metal city holds on that. It, it's it's really weird when you look at it, it's just like 
there's a desert on this thing and like a city and all that and it's like a humanoid shape that's standing but like it's not like Wasteland. the ones in the Xenoblade 1 where they're not really moving that one can is actually moving and walking so I'm just like hmm <laughs> well I have to yeah. wonder if part of it might be like Titans having somewhat like their own gravity but that um, too that yeah also, also um, one thing I really like about Moradain and I'm not like I, I guess I guess I like desert and wasteland areas a lot more than I do whenever I, a, a lot more than I would have thought. Um, but this area in particular is like really cool because there's a lot of verticality to more. Mm-hmm. There is, yeah. There's like a there's like a, a an abandoned factory looking place built into a cliffside that you travel through like a dungeon. There are gigantic pipe like geothermal pipes underground that you can travel through like. It's got a lot of uh, depth to it, not not metaphorically, <laughs> like actual depth, and a lot of like, yeah, just a lot of verticality, like a lot of place to explore, like in multiple levels in some ways, like and yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of se- selective where you can actually go with that, but yeah, there's that they did make use of the height of more ordained in a lot of ways to allow you to you know like get the most of that out of that kind of exploration i feel like and i do like that spot on then they put like a hidden area that fife of forgetfulness underneath the city and then they have some of the best music in the game oh, oh my god oh, yes. yes oh my god so i was i was hoping is... that we'd bring up the theme of more ordained because it's there's... awesome Yes, it absolutely is. It's it's probably my favorite overworld theme in the entire game. But what's very interesting about that song is that you can pick up on a lot of various different musical influences uh, from U.S. pop music in that song. You can hear in that song bits of Thriller uh, by Michael Jackson. You can hear Dancing Queen. You can hear... Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I had a list. Give me, a give wonderful me. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, solo. I'm going to come back. We're gonna come back to this. Talk, you can talk. hear us getting DMCA. No, yeah. <laughs> we're not hum the we did not, we did not play the song. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, the the. The music of Moradain is just super great, and like you just want to vibe to it and kind of dance around whenever it pops. <laughs> but the, yeah. But yes, um, I used to think that I heard Thriller whenever I played Moradain. I would often like hum that. <laughs> I can't wait for the Siva Gunner mix. <laughs> it's just, it's just that music makes you like so hype for the exploring of this yeah. future. You're just like, oh else? yeah, let's go. <laughs> like when it's near the end of the song, if you're listening to the soundtrack, put it back to the beginning so it never yes. ends. Yes. <laughs> okay. Although I actually really like the way the song ends too. And then Crab Brave. That was the repeat. third one. <laughs> what? What was the third one? Sorry. Crab Brave. So Thriller, Dancing Queen, and Crab Brave all have like you can oh. you can like pick pieces of those songs out of Roaming the Ways, and it's wild. Like, because, like, once you know that, you can't unhear it. Hmm. Uh, 
guilty pleasure and more ordained getting on the elevator in the in the castle uh with yeah. and just seeing Wolfric sit down while he's waiting for the elevator to go up. <laughs> yeah. like, guilty pleasure dang, I need to do um, that on an elevator. One of my, my guilty pleasure with Moradain is go is like riding the elevator to the very top, finding like uh that pool of water that I could land safely in, and then just jumping and like falling as like far as I'm gonna fall without uh taking any fall damage. I love doing that. I don't that think so I tried much. that one. <laughs> I I found that there was um uh, above the um pit of toxic sludge thing. Um, back where the elevators kind of are, and the um, um, uh, uh, not zip lines. What's the word I'm looking for? Gondola thing. Um, there. That was my favorite training spot, right there. Like just bash those, you know, soldiers in the face. Oh yeah, I remember. There's like that. Um, there's like a valley. It's kind. Of, it's almost. It almost feels a little bit hidden, but like if you're coming out of like Alba Cavanich, like and you go like to the right rather than like the the hill that goes up to like the the factory, um, there's that little area that like dips down, and there's like all those pipes, and there's like a bunch of like military installments down there. Yeah. And I use that place to actually like be, like fill out affinity chart stuff. I remember especially like. I remember the thing that's crazy that I remember most about that place, I guess, is just like one of those little things that you do that just kind of, I guess, sticks with you because that's where you got it. Where I got it was like uh, getting some of like Harold's affinity chart stuff that was like really weird. Like, oh, get the last hit with this 200 times or something. And I remember filling that out down there because it was just like easy to mow through all those guys and one of the salvaging points was my favorite um core crystal farming spot oh is it like the one right outside the city yeah that's yeah one of them that was fairly lucky with the the rare gems i think there was so if you go i know that the salvage place by the docks is one where you can pull up those crabble and those crabble like especially if you have the right like there's a certain chip that you can equip to like the the um, the fist fighting type, like the, why yeah. can't I think of yeah. the gauntlet and, type and that will like bl- make them drop more, and you could just like farm rare cork. And you have, if you had the bl- a blade with like salvaging on it too, I found mm. made a difference. Yeah, yeah, it makes it, it would a make lot a lot of difference do. with salvaging skill, but also like lock stats. Like both of them together would like give you a lot of chance of getting oh, them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Does anybody else have like um? Remember, like that from from uh, Alba Cavanish. There's like that rail system that's like a, like seems like it's for like just mostly used for like uh, carrying materials from place to place rather than people. But you can yeah, jump I on think, top of it I and ride it, it up. I remember, thing. yeah. Yeah, I was just like thinking about that. And there's like if you ride it all the way through, you get to um, that um, one of the super bosses. So uh, I actually. <laughs> Looked it up because I was thinking I remembered it, but it is tattooed Hugo. It's like the giant bird mm. on top of the tower. Right. I was yes, like, that yes, was yes. pretty cool. Pretty cool bit. And then I remember if the weather is like uh is right, you uh can walk just out into the field in Moorardane and you'll there will be a bunch of 
annoying skyfish and other things that are like high level that will kill you. Yeah. yeah, I remember there was a lot of like higher level or really like harder monster at that point whenever I got there. I think the ones I hated the most were like the the, the spiky ones, like the, the the round ones that get spiky. I, I forgot their names. The urchins? But... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I think they were doing some debuff type things or some spike damage and they were kicking my butt really hard at first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, and I remember there being a lot of the flying fish, which too, why, yeah. why can't I think of their name, even though I see them all the time in three right now? Yeah, <laughs> I Lexos? see. I think, yeah, I think it was the Lexos, actually. But flying fish is so much easier to describe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. All right. Flying fishies. All right, well, we, uh, we were uh, doing like a big overview of Wardane, but let's let's zoom in on its characters. How about we talk about Morag? Yeah, the queen. Um, Love Morag. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Same. How come she doesn't have a figurine yet? Come on. Yeah. They're, they're cowards. <laughs> That's why. They are cowards. Ah, no. We, yeah. But yeah, Morag is the Flamebringer, the most powerful driver in, on Morardane. Um, she's basically protects the emperor which is her cousin nile cousin wait i thought it was her little brother i thought it was her little brother so huh. nile is her cousin but um more like nile's father raises morag it's like yeah. an adopted thing oh. so yeah, pretty much. yeah i am cousins, yeah. you have literally flipped everything i known about this titan on its head excuse me while i go cry <laughs> It's, <laughs> I mean, what, what they else? still have that something that flips everything on its head. Wow, they they yeah. still have like a sibling like relationship. They have yeah. a very, yeah, they have, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I love their relation. <laughs> wow, you mean they're no related idea. by blood, but they're not related by as close of blood. But they're also still related. But they're <laughs> no, right? not related <laughs> the way I thought they were related. Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> so okay, Nile, yes. Mm-hmm. Anthony yeah. is in denial. <laughs> yeah, literally. Edit yeah. that out. <laughs> yeah, Niall be- became emperor at a very young age. And Morag acts as the special inquisitor um, and is entrusted with the jewels of the empire, which are the core crystals of Brigid and Aegeon. Aegeon, yeah. Is she actually called the special inquisitor or is that a Star Wars thing? No. Okay. All she's right. called, actually called her. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. We're not. We're not going crazy. Pretty uh, sure she, that's like one of her battle lines too. There is a reason why I am special inquisitor. Yeah. 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 I had a yeah. brain yeah. fart when I wrote it's all that. Good. So. Okay. But yeah, and I think she was also um, basically raised to be the acting emperor until Nile was born, and then. Yeah. Yeah. The old emperor died, and that happened when Nile was young, so Nile kind of became a young emperor, and Morag is basically the special inquisitor and kind of protects him. Yeah, yeah, she's she like protects him and her country, in short. Yeah. Like, she's a she very... Deal, she deals with a lot of difficult situations. She's a very passionate mm-hmm. person. She's very devoted to uh, more Ardain, and mm. she keeps a cool head, like, you don't see her getting frustrated super, super, super often. 
She's generally very level-headed. Yeah, she is. And I like that about her. And even when she's surprised, she takes it like rather calmly. Even, but like you can tell that it's like, oh, well, that kind of goes against what I thought. But she was just like, oh, it's just taken aback. She's Mm -hmm. still like super chill about everything she does. And like, what's cool about Morag, and this kind of goes into what we're going to talk about later with relationship with other characters. I kind of like how Morag's she kind of respects her rivals if like they put up a pretty good fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you can tell she she respects the heck out of a Rex because Rex is able to keep up with her. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, outboxes and, and... her at the beginning of the game. Yeah, yes, very right. much so. And, and like, she doesn't really resent him for it. She's more just like, you know what? This dude's pretty good. She's Not like that, Rex. She's like, <laughs> she gets cool. a water tower dumped on her and she's like, I ain't okay. even mad. I ain't even mad. It was a good match, bro. I was going to say, like, one of my... Uh, one part I really like is where they're in Indol and she's kind of like questioning Rex about what he plans to do and his motives and stuff and just like her being surprised at his answers about that and such and just like like choosing to that part where she kind of like chooses uh, it feels like she's kind of like affirming her trust in him in some ways I really like that part a lot actually yeah yeah and I like how when she joins the team, she's just very much just like, you know, I just want to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. You're an interesting person. Interesting things are probably going to happen around you. So let's see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she's I more forward about uh, it, whereas Zeke is like playing around the whole time. Yeah. Uh, go, go ahead, Jin. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I, I did. I guess I didn't really do enough research before I played Xenoblade Two because I had no idea she would join your party. Um, so that was... I think they didn't want you to at first, though. So mm-hmm. you probably did it right. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, like, Morag and, honestly, the Mar-Ardanes are kind of introduced to be antagonists mm-hmm. at the very mm-hmm. beginning of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think you expect her to join you, or they intend for you to... Yeah, especially, like, they go very hardcore after anyone who has been in contact with the Aegis because they fear that this is gonna be dangerous depending on who's wielding it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. At at first, it's very offensive, but then it's very much like, hmm, they're actually interesting. I'm gonna watch over them. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember if Morag was shown in initial trailers for Xenoblade 2. I don't fully remember either. It's been ages, and I did not watch a lot of them either until like the last minute. So I, I she plays such a big role, especially like as an early game antagonist, that I'm pretty sure she was at least like briefly shown in that first trailer. Right, but I don't think she was shown as like a party member. No, no, no definitely because no, 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 like I think I remember so. Zeke being shown as a party member at least in some promo art. But I don't remember if Morag was shown. Yeah, to be honest, I was not following the news nearly as crazy back then. So, like, I I don't know what came up in news before yeah. what at the time. I just know I screamed whenever uh, they they showed Cosmos the day before the release. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, the five people listening to this episode, let us know if they actually showed Morag in promo. <laughs> info before the game came out yeah. or perhaps we'll just watch the trailer after we record this and then add it and I don't... really that's what we should do but I'm not going to do that that's, <laughs> too much, that's too much work 
Too, too much work. work indeed. <laughs> People yell at us. People yell at us. Zenochat at Dior. Sorry, guys. You're lazy. I'm tired, man. It's been a long day at work. I'm tired. We're fun of this. Make us do better. Base screams at us. Um. Um, but another thing about Morag that was pretty cool is that um, she, I mean, like her, from her clothing to her demeanor, she comes off rather masculine. And I, I thought that was really neat that they kind of. Um, yeah, kind like of, not many yeah. games will introduce characters like that yeah. and are this masculine while being like a female. Like most of the time, even if they're like a high ranking officer or some kind, they're, they're still going to make like. A more, you know, weird take on the uniform to make it look a bit like spicy. Mm -hmm. But like with Morag, no, she's just covered head to toe like an actual soldier. And I, I think that's really amazing. <laughs> I appreciate that because nothing pisses Same. me off more when they're saying, You have high defense and you're wearing literally a bra and a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that the makes sense. You're going to get stabbed animals. in the gut and protect see, what? But guys, how else will we sell our though. game? <laughs> see, see, here's the thing. Here's how I feel about that. I am. I have a soft spot for like bikini armor, but at the same time, I also wish they would do that to the male characters too, and they won't. And that makes me sad. <laughs> it's like yeah, if you do the, it I'm on one you. side, do it for the other too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm very much with Justin on this. Like, I think that if we're going to get bikini armor, we should also have pillar men armor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. The pillar men. I love um, it. Question. <laughs> Uh, well, not question, comment rather. To answer to answer your questions, just because I was curious, uh, the trailer from 2017, the official one. I don't know when exactly this aired, but uh, we get a clip of Rex fighting Morag, but not not uh, not her as a party member. Not her as See, a that's what member. I was thinking. That's, that's what, what I was thinking too. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if they showed her. Like as an antagonist, but I don't remember if they showed her as a party member. Yeah, like the early Gormut stuff, mm -hmm. most likely. And going back to wow, they showed Tantor. her, her being masculine. I like if you listen to her in Japanese, she's got a very much deeper, more masculine voice than the English version. I thought, yeah, that was I really played cool the game well. in in Japanese mostly, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, her voice in Japanese is very deep. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and I also like that um they didn't go too hard, like they didn't make too many jokes about that in the game. I felt like they treated her pretty respectfully. Yeah, yeah they did. That one heart to heart aside, the mm. the hot springs one. Are you talking? Oh, yeah. are you talking about why don't you die in a fire, Zeke? And that has one of the best lines in the game. But outside of that, like um, I don't think they went too hard into that, which no. is good. Which is really good. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yes. Because the last thing we need is for that sort of thing to become oh. a punchline. Exactly. Oh, are we talking? Yeah, that's right. It's also the that one where that part where Tora gets confused about right it. because yeah. Tora yeah. genuinely apparently doesn't know, <laughs> does not realize Morag is female. Yeah. Yeah, because I think for like he said for the null pawns or something they they see who's a female or a male through clothing or something well like zeke that. was the one who made that comment because he was like trying to understand where toro was coming from yeah pretty much yeah 
So yeah, T- Tori was confused about things. <laughs> Doesn't take much. And then Zeke did the, a joke <laughs> more okay. I wanted to kill him, basically. Yeah, because Zeke made that comment. He's like, oh, you know, Morag, why don't you wear some skir- skirt and some high heels? And Morag's like, go die in a fire. Uh, <laughs> how about you die in a fire, Zeke? Best. Like I said, it's a great line, but I think that's one of the one of the few moments where I believe uh, they kind of made a joke about it. Yeah, I don't remember them really bringing it up after that, which is good. Though I'm sure yeah. there's going to be somebody listening to this saying, um, actually, there was that one heart to heart when he <laughs> made a joke about it. So uh, this game is terrible. And that's perfectly fine. Please keep listening. <laughs> I know, right? We can, we can use the metrics. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So yeah. like, I just watched another trailer. Again, they show they show Zeke is like a potential party member. They show Morag as a villain, and they spoiled the the uh, Pyra turning into Mithra cutscene. And I'm like, why would you? Anyway, See, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, but whenever out, I played out of the context, game, we were just like, and I'd seen all oh, the trailers. That's interesting. That's very Xeno, but we didn't really catch on for the rest. So if, it was fine at the time. I did see that trailer back then. I've also, been paying more attention wild. to this recently because we're we're all we've all been playing a lot of Xenoblade Three, and I actually was thinking about like the trailer more this time because just just thinking back to it more in terms of that, and you don't like yeah, people are always always suspect it, but. And, and and it's true. It's true. They do put a lot of spoilers in there, but until you hear them in context, they don't really work that way. But yeah, once yeah, you get much. there, you'll be like, "Oh, they spoiled it!" But did they? Because like they it may. Have... It makes you more curious about it, and then you're just like, "Okay, but I want to know more. I want to know the context behind this." Yeah, those trailers are like super carefully crafted to where you do not really know, like. It will be a spoiler, but it won't because you have no clue what the context behind it is. And they do actually a pretty good job of doing that. Like, I'm at the end of Xenoblade 3, and I'm hearing lines that were in the trailer just now. At, like, the end of the last chapter. I'm not surprised. (laughs) But, yeah. If it's out of context, you don't really know exactly what's going on so it's yeah, fine and it's the same thing here it's like yeah. i totally forgot about mithra in the trailer whenever i was playing the game like it did not even come to mind i remembered it but at the same time it was like i don't know what happens for it to happen you know so it was more of a i wonder when that's gonna happen and and why why she turns like this <laughs> you know all right well let's get back to borar day yeah um shall we talk about uh Morag's wife, I mean Blade Bridget. <laughs> yes. Sure. Yeah. Um only She's if so we get cool. to also well, we can bring this up later. I do uh, we do need to bring up Morag's cooking antics though at some point is all I'm saying. I believe I saw it briefly written somewhere. I did make a note about that side quest. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. But good. yeah, Bridget is pretty cool and I always love how whenever Morag is not looking, she does little hearts be- behind her back. <laughs> yeah. It's really cute. The one thing about um, Bridget that always bothered me, and this is just me, that she never opens her eyes. Except for that one cutscene. She that's, opens that's up just an once. anime trope. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's an like, anime trope. How can you like, see? 
But the when she opens her eyes. eyes. It's not, I kind of like that, though, because it's like when she opens her eyes, you know shit's about to go down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. honestly, these characters, uh, usually I don't think it's because their eyes are necessarily closed. It's just they're so tightly like open that they're kind of looking like they're closed so <laughs> but, this is a weird thing so she's constantly like weird... squinting is what you're saying she's yeah. basically, basically she's very yeah. what is it nearsighted she's she's supposed to be the demure <laughs> character she's always got her eyes like like squinted or like she's looking down so you can't see her eyes it's that kind of thing it's to add a, a it's to add a, a, an extra thing of like mystery or wisdom I feel like whenever they do these characters yeah but, there's a character in East 9 there's a it's a doll that does this exact same thing yeah. although that's actually she, kind of a cool case where they work around she's it she's actually like, a bit more mysterious and stuff like that so yeah. like most of the time these characters have personalities very very similar to what Bridget has yeah well uh, the yeah and one thing that I really like about Bridget too is um, that she, like a big reoccurring theme in the game, is losing your memory when you become a core crystal again. Yeah, and she kept. I love that part. Yeah, like this. This was done before Torna. That she mentioned that she had a notebook or a diary, and she writes down, um, you know, each each day what happens. So um, when it came re- came back again through Torna, and like when Jin found that book, I'm like, dude, that's that's. That's deep, but that yeah, like it a is. And like, game cut scene she actually like... tries to know, like she actually tries to confirm some facts as well with the Mithra later. Yeah, as yeah well. there's the late game I think part that's, with Mithra. I, I think that's pretty cool. Is so also, but yeah, I, I think Mithra did try to to lie on something though. But then Virgin was like, "That's not what's written in my book." Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That was when they were uh, sparring against each yeah, other. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There were there were. Like, did I beat you? No, one... you did it. But it's in my book this way. Well, too bad. Like, yeah. I also wanted to comment on like just in, like in terms of like Bridget's design. I think she has like one of the most unique hairstyles I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, her like, hairstyle is really cool. Her hair it is, is on really... fire. Yeah, Literally. it's like she's got like these. <laughs> almost like princess leia buns yeah like buns on the side that are on that are like flaming and then she's got long hair in the back usually you don't get both but they were like no we'll put both hairstyles together (laughs) and just to make it more epic put it on fire fire well she's a blade so yeah but uh, honestly, I was a little confused by one part of her design at first. It was like the um, the markings on her forehead. I thought were like eyebrows at first, and then I was like, "Oh wait, no, she has eyebrows too." <laughs> <laughs> eyebrows for her eyebrows. Eyebrows for her eyebrows. Those eyebrows. Be a quad brow. <laughs> yeah, it's a quad brow. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I I really liked um, Bridget, and I know. It's I I mentioned it in the notes, but Morag does get another blade. She gets Aegeon when Neil dies before being resurrected again by Nia. Because um, Aegeon, uh, my understanding is that that blade is uh, for the Emperor and the Emperor only, um, as like kind of like a bodyguard, personal bodyguard to the Emperor. And when um, Nile died, Neil Nile, whatever the heck you say his name, when he died. Um, 
it went back to the core uh crystal and and yeah mia brought him back he's like here you take him and yeah yeah i thought that was really cool like he just was like you know like i don't feel like i'm worthy of him i'm like you should you should bring him with you. He's gonna be useful in your young Padawan. Please stuff. take this with you on your journey. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You're really bringing the Star Wars references into this episode. I'm huh? sorry. I recently did watch um, what was it um, uh, Obi Wan. I do I do apologize. Gotcha. It's no. I was I was mostly missing, but also it was worth it to hear you say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was that a hiss? That's <laughs> I think so. That is a hiss. It's a new microphone. It picks up all my weird sounds. <laughs> Good. Sorry. Which, yeah, which I like Egeon's design. Um, I kind of wish there was more to him because he doesn't really yeah. do much in the main game. He does a little bit more in Torna, but yeah, I still want a lot more. He's very quiet. But I do wish that he would have a bit more screen time because I, I think I think he has a very wholesome personality still. But yeah, yeah I like how like sweet and wholesome he is despite like him looking well, kind of creepy. In in the defense of the game, he did just lose his memories and became a core crystal again. So he is starting mm-hmm. out fresh by the time we get him on our party, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. So if he has no personality, that might be why he do- hasn't built it yet. I no, think he's just like, got a very reserved personality in general. Yeah, because like a, a lot more, of core crystals come back and they have a personality. They they have a personality when they come back. It's just their memory is wiped, but they have a they have like Some a sort base of personality. personality. Yeah. It's just that it can change depending on the owner over time and depending on their experience. But like. Overall, like I think he's just very reserved. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he has a lack of personality by any means. I think he's just a more reserved type of personality. And that's yeah. why he doesn't speak a whole lot, but at the same time, that also makes so he does not have that much of a screen time. Even when he's yeah. on screen, he's just sitting he, in the background looking at stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah my problem was a whole lot of his, plot weight. Yeah, that's that was my problem. Not his personality, but more that we don't get more of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although he does look like he has liquid coolant running through his veins, so that's all right. Monster energy really drinks cool. tied to his, yeah. his little tentacle hair. He's a pretty useful that's blade, weird. too. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah, he is really good. Yeah, I like him. I know he gets he gets some shit from some folks because a lot of people will be like, haha, he looks like a common blade. Who cares about him? But I like him. If he looks like a common blade, then he is the king of the common blades. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably mostly because of his face. Like he has like the whited out eyes and all that kind of stuff going on, like a lot of those have, you know? Or like all of those have anyway. Yeah. So like I get I get the comparison, but he's I get it too, but like it's still very different in a way. And you can't have it one else. way, you can't have it the other. It's either over designed or it's not designed enough. And, yeah. you know, I think I think it was uh, the artist, like one of the artists of Fire Emblem that did this one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he yeah. even has like Crom's pose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, think it yeah. was the same artist that did the art for Awakening. Yeah, they also did Agat, which is... Did uh, you just say Agat and not Agate? 
Oh, I don't know. I've heard it pronounced so many different ways. I will say agate named after the actual rock. Yeah, I usually say agate. I figured in her ability, yeah, agate. Oh, yeah, it's definitely pronounced agate because you can hear the characters say her name. I couldn't remember, honestly. Yeah, I, I used Agate in my playthrough. She was like, she was like my my, my trusty sidekick because like Agate. I didn't have a whole lot of axe blades, and she was pretty clutch throughout the whole game. Especially when I need went like when plot related characters got removed from the party, like Agate was my go to. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think she was my first rare blade. I think you, yeah, I think it was actually. I remember you saying that. Before. Yeah, Agate was my first rare, rare blade. I'm like 99% sure. So, yeah, Aegeon and Agate, designed by Yusuke Kozaki. Oh, wait, it was Agate? I think, I think it was. Um, anyway, the illustrator for Fire Emblem Awakening and Fates, and more importantly, No More Heroes. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it's the same illustrator? I didn't know that. Yes, it is. Actually. That would explain cool. so much why Agate looks like a Fire Emblem character. Hmm. she yes. looks like like str- straight up like the war cleric like she looks like she like if she were a fire emblem character she would be a war cleric from awakening interesting yeah that makes sense okay let's see we've already kind of touched on nile a little bit um i do like how he kind of looks up to morag yeah. Hey, trust her. And I also do love how, like, Morai loves him very much. And, like, whenever the thing happened and she loses all of her cool for, like, probably the first time in the game. I think it was the first time in the game she actually lost her cool because, you know, he, he was not okay. <laughs> he died. Yeah. I they... know. I was trying to not say it. <laughs> I mean, it's okay at this at this point. The game's been out for like what seven years. Well, well, we've, 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 we've already. If you're listening to this it, podcast, but... we're we and are a spoiler heavy cast. I mean, it's we're, not. Like, I still try to be like we, we already mentioned it earlier. So it's sometimes fine. that it's fine. like yeah, the point whenever, of this podcast is deep dives. Yeah, so whenever on. he dies, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Um, he, he comes back to life and like you know it's just it's just like all super emotional and like Morag is like super happy that he's okay in the end but I bet I, I think she was also really confused but I think everyone was kind of confused well that was the first time that Nia kind yeah. of publicly you know well, showed that she, she, she well, did not show anything she told them Go after the <gasps> bad guys and like yeah. I'll I'll well, like kind of suspect I'll take after. care of this. Yeah, yeah. Look, look over there. Okay, I'm gonna bring him back. Look over <laughs> there. Look there. A rat. No. Well, it's surprising how well that worked on them though in that scene. <laughs> yeah, gullible, right? Imagine yeah. they would have come back like a few seconds too early, and she would still be in her harder form. <laughs> um, <laughs> I heard something over here. Please go this way while I wait here. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I thought I had... For some reason, I know he was young anyway, but also I thought I had heard that he... I, 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 I can't remember this completely, but was there like any word in the game of him having like a weak constitution? Because I thought there was something like about I that. I think 
I think I vaguely remember something Anybody like remember that, that, but I'm not sure. Okay, I'm probably wrong. Sorry. I, no, I can't. I can't remember to be honest. Um, like I don't know. I for some reason. But I'm I don't think it was that. really, really strong. Like he well, was he often was a kid inside too, and stuff. But, but yeah, I thought there was like some like allusion to him yeah. having. Like a weak constitution in general, but and I don't. I can't remember he didn't it. seem to be a, he just fighter, wasn't a fighter either. So yeah, maybe that's all it was. Maybe yeah. that's all it was. He just doesn't, you know. He, he's he. You can tell, like that. That's the well, great yeah. thing about about the Emperor of Moradain that like completely took me by surprise when I played this game for the first time. You have this militaristic state that is portrayed as the bad guy, like they're. They're about to go to war with Uriah and like it's not looking good. And, and a lot of like negativity is is put on Moradain. So you're so me as the player, I'm thinking, oh, man, or, you know, early game. My simplistic mind is thinking, oh, man, the emperor of Moradain's probably going to be like a major boss in this game. He's going to be like this, this terrible, horrible, like tyrant and shit like that and then i see it's a little kid and not only that but like he's a cinnamon roll like he's actually just a really sweet guy in a very difficult position and the and and his relationship with morag is he leans on her like she is his rock like anytime he does not have the strength for something that's where he goes and she is very much like leadership and emperor material, but she doesn't because she doesn't take that position because she knows that he would be, he's better suited for it because of his like gentle nature. And that's something I really, really, really love about that. This game in particular is because it took everything that I was expecting and threw it out the window and gave me the exact opposite. And it worked. It worked so damn well. And rant. Yeah. No, it's good. Good rant. Yeah. Good rant on and, it. I'll, I'll take that as a, a segue there is uh, what I really liked about Morag is that when she likes a character or a person, she really puts all her trust and faith into that character. So if we look at Rex, like Rex shared that he wants to go to the, the world tree to bring um, Mithra Pyra to Elysium. And she's like, yeah, you know what? I trust you. I respect you. I'm going to support you. Let's do it. And I really liked about um, that relationship there is that she really took what Rex was saying and agreed with his values and they worked together, you know, it was as first enemies and, but then as really close allies and friends. And I, I really like that change in the relationship. Yeah, I do too. I do too. It was a good part. Yeah, I agree. I, I, yes. I, I, I like, I like her character. You could say a lot about her. Like she, she's, she's very reserved. She keeps a lot. She keeps the cards very close to the chest, but when you do see her emote, when you do see her, like she has 
the prettiest smile in the whole game. I would, I, I will die on that hill. Morag's smile is totally heartwarming. And yes, it is. It's so, and it's such a treat when you see it because she doesn't smile all that often. And it's be- genuine. And it is genuine. Yes. Um, she doesn't smile that often because she's very good at hiding what she's feeling because at because she's an officer. She she's trained it to 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 keep those emotions close to the chest. Yeah, and yeah, and I I remember there was sometimes where yeah she she has some interactions where she would show a bit more emotions, but. I think I think that would be a bit more of a another character that's a bit further down the list, but yeah, like she's being told basically how um, I think she's being told like you should like try to open up more, but she's like it's difficult for me <laughs> or something of the sort. I don't fully remember, but I do remember there was an interaction with with that like along with Zeke, I believe. I think it was Zeke that was telling her that. If I remember correctly, it's been a while. <laughs> but yeah. I I really love like how Morag is like serious, but like at the same time is super sweet inside. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and on the subject of Nile, remember the part where you have to steal Nile's underwear? Oh my yes. god! <laughs> oh my god! And she doesn't say anything. You can apparently make. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. If you don't pass the field skill with Boreas, you can make her steal it instead. Oh my god! I I think that's for what... a burgle off to get back Boreas's dumb food stash. I think that's what I did. I think I had. I think I had her steal steal his underwear. Oh my god. I think I forgot all about that or I didn't. I do wanted it. to forget. I, know <laughs> I just really... I know I did it, but I had to like get I had to remind myself of how far it went with it and I was like, "Oh yeah, I did do that." Huh. Yeah. Yep, they did go that far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, sick ass thief. Disgusting. No. Anyway. Let's see. That was just uh, a messed up quest to begin with. I mean, I'm sure that the underwear is just as fancy as the description says. I mean, he is the emperor. Supposedly, it's nowhere near as messed up as Florin's, but I still don't understand why. And probably never will. Well. Well, this episode's not about Florin, so... Yeah, thankfully. (laughs) Yeah. Because I know y'all got a lot to say about that character. (laughs) Please see, see our Queer Theory episode for more details. <laughs> um, Future anyway. episode. <laughs> no, we already recorded that one. No, yeah. no, I meant, I meant a Florin one. Oh, no. <laughs> the no. Yeah, titled the episode you turn off. That's not happening. <laughs> so yep. Just go to our Queer Theory episode for that. <laughs> anyway. We covered it. Let's uh, talk about... Um, well, how about Morag's relationship with Zeke? I'm kind of dumping around, but I I, I know more about Zeke I, and Morag than I do Zeke and Nia. Um, Zeke and Nia? You mean Morag and Nia? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Morag and Zeke. Because um, yeah, Zeke, yeah, as B said, is an idiot. Um, 
I know is some it people... idiot that's not that idiot? Like, he's actually smart, but he doesn't show it. Yes. <laughs> I think I've mentioned previous in previous podcasts that I would love to show throw a shoe in his face. I do not like Zeke. Yeah, more like guy, guy, he likes to start a pot. I don't want yeah. him to be hurt, yes. so I'll catch it. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if I'd say Zeke's an idiot so much as he likes to start a pot. Like, yeah. in that one cuts, like, in the heart-to-heart that I mentioned earlier, he he's obviously messing with Morag, because he knows, like, how Tora is just completely clueless. He's just like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess with her and, and tease her about this. Uh, yeah, and to, to keep with the theme of Star Wars tonight, Zeke reminds me of Jar Jar Binks, and I hate it. <laughs> wow, See, I'm not right a... Here, here's the next controversial. Do not take. understand. I that like. One. I I would take Jar Jar Banks a hundred times before I take Zeke. I just <laughs> really don't like Zeke that much because wow. I wait. wait is someone agreeing with me? Yes, oh I agree God. with you one hundred percent. Do we never at do any we... point in the game was like, ha, I like Zeke. Do we need to have a debate episode for Zeke? Yes. Oh wow. Okay, B and I teaming up again. Yeah, that's right. We're teaming up again. I, I will say, I will say, like I've, I there's some a few things that Zeke says in the game that I'm like, don't know about that one, bud. But overall, like I'm very surprised. I didn't. I just, think- I just like him because he's very like hot headed and like just dumb and does JoJo poses under, and I love it. He likes to get <laughs> under the skin, and he does that with a moray. Is, well, I like that he's just, mostly just a silly goofball. I, I mean, kind of like their dynamic because they they just feel like bros to me. Like they're, they're yeah, pretty bros. much like they they. It feels like more like almost as if they were sibling, but not really. But like they were just like they were just like teasing each other. I mean, like they can connect with each other because yeah. like they're both essentially royalty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. And, and pretty they're much. around the same age, and they and because of that, they also feel kind of like. In a weird sense, they feel like the group parents, but like not really, you know, like it's it feels like Zeke is like just the the goofy dad character almost in some ways. Yeah, and pretty much. Morag is like actually takes care of shit. <laughs> yeah, but I also like that Morag does perspective in, in the way of like I respect his strength, like you, you know, whenever the, the whole party was making fun of Zeke because of the couple encounters you, you had with him in the past. And then, like, Morag's just like, yeah, I'm gonna sit out of this one. And it's just, like, Zeke turns serious and he actually, like, kicks the butt of the party and the party's just like, what? <laughs> I, I really love yeah. that, that section. And uh, I love how Morag was just like, yeah, like he, he's actually really strong, guys. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it, I, I, I kind of love their relationship, honestly. They feel a bit like they feel a bit like the, the parents of the, the group, where like Zeke is a bit more of the comic relief trying to ease the atmosphere, while like Morag is a bit more of a you know, tr- trying to to help <laughs> as well. Yeah. But Zeke also gives some decent advice sometimes. I feel like they, they both try to support the party with yeah, their, Zeke has the fact that moments. they're both a bit more yeah. mature, a bit more like Zeke may be dumb, but like inside he's actually pretty mature. And I feel like both him and Morag often like will have this 
relation where they feel like something's off with the group and they mm -hmm. so as if like they were giving themselves like an eye contact being like yeah we need to do something about this <laughs> part, like Almost. partially part of like how they're both like older than the rest of the than, well, yeah, pretty the, much. The, than a, a lot of the group anyway but there's they, like this win there's, there's like this wisdom that comes with that, that yeah but have. i also love that like it feels like they don't have to communicate a lot to know what they have to do whenever the party's in in trouble as in like like let's say the party's not feeling too well like i feel they don't have to communicate a whole lot to be like okay we need to to do this xyz to help help them like gain their morale again you know yeah so i i think that's pretty cool that's a pretty cool relationship they have it's as if they can read in each other's mind and know exactly what to do to bring back the party on track that being said uh, I, I do like Zeke and Morag's interactions however like it, yeah. one thing I don't get is uh, and this is going to be kind of a tangent since this episode's not about this uh, I don't understand why people ship them uh, I knew that was what I, I had a feeling it was going there we're, yeah. we're not going to talk about it for long, for long at all it's just that's like of all the ships in this game, that's the one that always seems to irk me the most. What? What? Zeke and Morag? Yeah, I that that that's like that, that's like saying, "Hold on a minute, I need to, to find an equally absurd analogy." Give me a minute. Uh no, nothing's coming <laughs> to mind. It's that absurd. I can't think of an of an equitable analogy. It's I have I you, com sometimes ship basically. On interactions that reaching. works well no, for together. the for the purposes they serve but, in the group, I see how people make that, that. Yeah, I can see how they do it, but at the same time, I think I think I would see it more as a like they're just the two adults of the party, and that's why they they kind of understand each other well. <laughs> they understand what they have to do. Yeah, like it's. Not it's it's kind of I do feel like it's kind of reaching for sure. Yeah, but I, I get why people I, do I it. I think so too. Yeah. But anyways, let's let's move on from that. I get where I it just, comes from, but yeah, I don't let him like I don't that that's the funny thing. Like if we're gonna talk about Morag shipping at all, I, she doesn't really read as the type that's romantically interested in anyone. Not even like I I get the joke of calling Bridget her wife, but like she doesn't really even seem to be all that interested in in Bridget. Like. She just doesn't read as somebody who who has romance on the brain. She's very focused on mm -hmm. the task at hand and doesn't. That said, Bridget really have uh, Morag in their heart this way. I believe, like she even throws hard at her. <laughs> but... Morag is married to the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it, Nick. Morag very much is married to the job and married to her her duties as as the special inquisitor and and i think they make it fairly clear that like i i felt like it was pretty clear that pandoria like while while she does is like kind of uh, while while she doesn't like hold back in insulting him of course for for very good reasons a lot of most of the time yeah like i i it does feel like she is kind of into zeke anyway so yeah, I think Pandoria and, and Zeke is a better ship just <laughs> because they, they already more than one they already feel like they're together. DX. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. 
and they they're just as goofy and uh, on sync. So okay, well, ships yes. aside, yes, let's let's move, move along. along. Yeah, that went way more off track than I thought it was going to. That's why I didn't want to talk about it for long. (laughs) Well, good job. We didn't. Well, we did not do Nyao. Should we come back to to Nyao? Yeah, go ahead. I don't don't know how... I don't remember anything. I don't remember either. That's why I skipped it. So someone else, please, speak. They did not have, like, that many interactions, I feel like. Uh, Like, as in, like, alone interactions goes but I think Morag is still very thankful because she did save like she did save Nyal and like yeah, yeah was just about to ask, like was there ever sorry for cutting off I was just about to ask okay. uh, was there ever a heart to heart with Morag and Nia where they talk about that I honestly don't remember. I, it's been I remember, so long. I remember a heart to heart where they where don't they kind of discuss how um like the relations between Mar Morardain and Gormont a little bit and um I think you're right. Nia's a little I don't want to say bitter about it, but a little upset about it and they kinda of talk through it together. Uh, I believe they may do it, but like it's been so long, I don't fully remember. That's uh, the one big thing I remember between those two, and then otherwise, I I, I can't. But besides, you know, the, the Nile thing. But yeah, I think I do vaguely remember that thing, and wasn't more like uh, apologizing for the her country doing that or something like that. At some point, I don't fully remember. That might have been one of the choices you could make. Yeah. Yeah, I I did find that there was a video on YouTube, but like it's almost seven minutes, so I'm I'm gonna not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, listeners, we're sorry, we're terrible at our jobs. Please educate (laughs) us. But it's just it's just like it's one of the characters that Morag had a lot lesser interactions, at least like main story wise. Mm-hmm. I feel like they had way less interactions together. Like maybe there's a few like side things that happens, but like I feel like I feel on like... screen interactions, there wasn't that many between the two. I'm gonna go I'm gonna preface this by saying I'm probably wrong. But if my memory is not gaslighting me like I think it is, I feel like <laughs> Nia and Morag have a heart-to-heart at the Cliffs of Moritha, but I could be completely mistaken. Uh, it's possible, I just don't remember. I don't remember it, it where it was, but there is one, yes. It must not be very groundbreaking if we all can't remember. Well, that or to be honest a with heart, you, most heart, there is a chance that some of us missed it. Yeah, because the heart of heart can be missed as well, so it's hard to remember which yeah. one we did and which one we may not have done. Uh, that said, I'm well, actually surprised at how in depth the um, the heart to heart lists on the wiki are. In some ways, it's just like everything. It's the dial- some of them even have voice recordings. Wow. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
But like. no, I have I've been, I've looked through more than half the list, and I'm not seeing one specifically centered on just Morag and uh, Nia. So I, I did see a video, so it exists, but yeah. <laughs> All right, then shall we go on? Unless there's something else someone wants to throw in there that they can remember. I don't well, I think mean, like, so. Have we, have we have we talked about Bridget yet? We've talked about Bridget, yes. right? Yes, yes we have. Okay. Yeah. I want to throw in on Br- just just with Bridget and just like comment how incredibly essential to the overall plot of Xenoblade 2 Bridget is. Like like it's it, it, it she's introduced as this character that feels like she's going to be like a villain um and that there's not going to be a whole lot of weight to, to her at first, but like <gasps> the more you go into that game, the more like vital based on her interactions with Mithra and the, the, and how she was smart enough to come up with the the notebook idea. So she can basically remind herself of things from her past lives is genius. And I just think that like Bridget's like presence in the story to me is arguably just as impactful, if not maybe more so than Morag's. Yeah. So to go back to the heart to heart thing, there is, you, you were right. There is one specifically between Nia and Morag about the motivations behind them, um, invading Gormot. That, that is actually, I, I actually just found it again. And I was like, Yep, that was true. That actually did happen. And where, and where is that heart to heart? It is okay. So ground, the ground beneath our feet. It is located on one of the turret platforms on the western week of the upper level of Hardhive Palace. Hard hey, Hard high? I forget how it's pronounced. Palace area overlooking Alba Cavanage. Oh, Discussion centers nice. on Ardanian's motivation for invading Gormot Province. If the party stays at Jackalow's Inn beforehand, Nia and Morag may engage in conversation that hints to this heart-to-heart's location. And basically starts out with Nia asking Morag about, like, yes, uh, a place this. with a good view of the town and it going into them, like, going and having this talk, basically. Uh, talking about how, like, their technology is so much more advanced than Gormot's. And, um just asking her things about uh, like uh, Nia asking Morag things about uh, Moradane and um, their motivations and such, which we all know dying Titan trying to get, get a piece of the not dying Titan, Mm -hmm. obviously. So yep. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, yes, no problem. I was trying to do like it. check that out real fast while, but I had to like go through every single heart to heart. It was like the second from the bottom of the list. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, Nia's just kind of like at a loss for words upon finding the answer to why to what she comes up with her inviting, and that's where you get to like make. A, cho- a dialogue choice of like, oh, you realize there was a better way or all because of this dumb pride. And she will respond uh, looks like fairly similar, but just different enough ways, of course. These yeah. usually don't branch out just a whole lot. 
but Nia brings up that they could have the two uh, governments could have talked and like worked together to help Moradain mm-hmm. rather than destroy Gormot to do so. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah. Um, we did already speak about Rex, right? Yes, I did. Yes. I believe we did. So now next one will be Poppy and Tora, which. Uh, Aside from that uh, memeable Torah confuse about gender, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they do have some interactions, but again, it's. I feel like it's nothing like super close, but there may have been some moments, though, where Morag did give them advice a bit, but I'm not entirely sure. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah, well, didn't they have like a heart to heart in Temperantia, maybe? Yeah, I believe they did at some point. God. It's another character she does not... Or two characters that she does not interact a whole, whole lot with. Maybe a bit more with Poppy. But... Like... I don't feel like it's super, like, on screen during main story. They're... They're not always interacting directly. Since Morag is more... I feel like more again those 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 interactions is often a bit more like observing rather than talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I feel like there was a couple interactions where she was trying to either teach or advise on stuff mm. to them, but it, it's been it's been so long, like I think I would need to jug my memory. <laughs> Do anyone else remember things about these two? <laughs> nope. Nope. No. It has been flushed from our, from our mind. I'm not going to answer because I was too busy paying attention to something else to know what we were talking about. Oh, <laughs> thank God. Oh I'm so glad you said it, Nick, because I... <laughs> oh my I was God. Really the, I was still hard harder to make Terrible. sure I didn't forget something is all. Sorry. We are going to podcast <laughs> about Morag and... Well, and, if you're um, still in the heart to heart, can you check if there's something with Poppy and Thor? I can. Sorry, I was doing my homework. You were doing your own work? Uh-huh. I didn't plan this this way. My cousin needs help with VLC Media Player and is trying to learn how to rip CDs using it, and I'm trying to teach him. I'm terrified. Tell him to go because in a time machine back to the year 2000. Who, who rips CDs anymore? He's he's old. He's like in his, I think his 50s now. Wow. wow. <laughs> you guys... But yes, podcast. It's not the time for this. It's okay. It's right. I just think it's hilarious, and maybe reflects on Tora a little bit and Poppy and their relationship with Morag. Uh, you get some really, you get some really, really cute uh, interactions. I feel like between Tora and Morag that. If I recall correctly, usually resulted in Morag threatening to skewer Torah, which was always <laughs> like, like threats of violence against Torah was always funny to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, he is just a big furry meatball after all. He's a big mm-hmm. fuzzy meatball. Yes. That's- yeah. All I found yeah. is the rub a dub dub um, of heart to heart. 
Oh my god. And I yeah, think we, you know which we, one we that is. That one, actually. <laughs> yeah, we've already Yeah, we've already talked plenty about this one though, and I'm like, yeah, this is the Toro one. Okay. Well next up, um, I believe Justin you would speak about this one. Uh, about her relationship with uh Gord. Well, a, a moment from his quest. Yeah. Uh, so that was really nice because like that's when he's trying to open a bakery and Morag helps out and we are treated to Morag without her hat. Morag without the hat. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And she's helping out in the kitchen. It's a really cute scene. Like her and her did her there. Which I also is remember this, that's trying to open the bakery? Gorg. Gorg. Yeah. Gorg, Gorg is, is a baker. Gorg. Is Gorg uh, Amanda? Did, did I get Gorg? Gorg is the merman. The what? The merman. I don't know if I got Gorg. <gasps> You didn't yes, actually play the game. Okay. No, I did. Oh, I just got to refresh my memory. Gorg. Uh, I mean, you can miss him. Yeah, yeah you, you can Google is... it. He looks like a JoJo character. So I'm pretty sure he's just someone you can pull. I don't yeah, think I think he's, he's just a rare. Pull. Pull. Oh, I got Gorg. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got. Gorg. I never used him much, but yeah. Oh well, I didn't. That, that must be why you did not see this moment because <laughs> you did not do the quest. <laughs> he was designed or designed by Soraya Saga. Yep. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Illustrator, Soraya Saga. I'm on the wiki. Uh, I am now going... You said Hatless Morag, and now I'm going to Google image search that. Um. Also, I that also reminds me of another heart-to-heart uh, where Morag and Bridget are yes. cooking in the Argentum yes, Guild. the disaster. Yes. The she tries to... <laughs> She can't cut up like whatever it was. She can't was cut fish? the fish. She can't yeah. save her life. <laughs> oh, I remember that scene. That was really funny. She gets like crazy intense about it, and then ends up like burning, burning food, or like lighting it on fire because she got stressed out. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. yeah, that was a great. Because she was scene. like, "Oh my god, it still moves," or something like that, or like it's looking at me. And then it started. Then her freaking out started freaking out Bridget at the. But it was, they both freak out, and they probably burned the whole kitchen. It down. was great. I love that. Bridget, it's looking at me with those eyes and moving those lips, like it's accusing me of something. It's cursing me for taking its heart. Real talk, it's moments like that that made Xenoblade 2 amazing. It's it's little things like that that really set that game apart. Yeah, Xenoblade 2 is just so much more, like, light and, like, has a lot of, like, goofy interactions. And I think that's why I also... It's also my number one still. But... That's it. I cannot judge three yet. I did not finish it. Like I'll, I'll we judge will save that for another it. podcast. But the yeah. judging, yeah, the judging, the judging. Judge B. <laughs> oh, I have lots to say, but that's for another podcast. Yeah. Yes. 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 So I know Justin really wants to talk about this, but the gameplay side of of like Morag. Oh, yeah. So, um, Morag is a character that at first I wasn't quite sure what to do with. Now, I can only play as her. (laughs) I feel like, I want to add, I feel like this didn't, or at least maybe this was just me um, being Babby, but um, 
I feel like it didn't seem apparent that she was an agility tank at first <laughs> to me. Yeah, I, I found I found the same. Like I switched between her and Tora, and then it took me a while to figure out that she was an agility tank. I'm like, why is this working better with? Okay, so yeah, it it wasn't like slap in your face obvious. I found. Yeah, like it was clear she was a tank. It just wasn't clear how it what worked type? with her yeah. to me at first. I guess I I don't know. But hey, when it clicks, it's like oh, yeah. it's like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. I uh, no block rate, just evade. <laughs> exactly. Why reduce damage when you can just not take it? Yeah, she never yeah, left that. Once she joined my party, she never left it. If I could at all help it, because just just access access to Bridget, and then also like Morag herself was my tank. Like I by by sheer dumb luck, like the stars aligned. It, my party was Rex, Nia, and Morag, and Morag somehow managed to like pull nothing but tank, like. Blades. Oh, that that must be nice because I oh, on my and, second and playthrough I pulled only healers for more. I'm like freaking hell. And, and Nia pulled nothing but healers, so I was like, "What? Th- this is great." My, I didn't re- I didn't so realize cool. that things had worked out this way until like obviously I'd gotten a little bit into the game, but it was awesome because like because of this like I, I didn't I I barely ever had to use Poppy. Yeah, my main party was uh, Rex, Morag, and Zeke later on. But Zeke also had Cosmos. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I-, I was I was often playing Zeke just to basically uh, indirectly play Cosmos. <laughs> I, I moved Cosmos to, to Morag. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I loved her on, on Zeke. I, I thought it was it was good still. I never got Cosmos. Uh, I never did either. But Sorry. I mean, something tells me that that, that Cosmos is so rare. She's the only other light blade that you get in the main game outside of Mithra. And uh, you also get if you got the DLC, you also get the. Yeah, I was going to say like base, that's, that's why I threw Joel. in base game because uh, yeah. I wasn't including DLC. Uh, but yeah, like that, that's got to be exceedingly difficult to pull. That and you can also make Cutie Pie a light blade if you get the right chip for her. Yeah, but, but um, to be honest, uh, Cosmos it depends. Like some people pull pull her fast, and a lot of others don't. But I feel like it depends on your luck, really. I've got more <laughs> yeah. luck while, when it comes but... to gotchas. Yeah, me too. Me too. Corvin but, um, was the other light blade, right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Corvin. Corvin yeah. Corvin. Yes, yeah, so we're gonna get to Corvin. Oh, okay. So, um, but yeah. Uh, so Morag. I had her as a tank in my party, Same. but she used to kind of piss me off because I am, I think it was during one of the Malos fights, she, there's a Malos fight where there's actually a unique monster in the same like battle arena and she kept baiting him into that. <laughs> oh, into the old into the hole. Oh, yeah. Fuck that entire fucking arena. So dude. She, she kept, she kept doing that. So, like, that was kind of when I started realizing I, sh- I need to, like, try to make sure to move her. But then 
Um, at one point, I started playing as Morag, and I realized, hold on, I need to be the one controlling the tank in this party. And <laughs> that's when I started to really like understand her, and her stats are really great because her agility stat is pretty high, and if you give her a certain blades, she can get like really high agility and it could stack. And eventually, you know, I got the DLC and I got Corbin. I used to have Shulk on her, and she does really well with Shulk, but Corbin is even better with her. Corbin is crazy. Corbin is insanely good. What's what, what's a Corbin? He's the DLC blade. He's the DLC oh, blade. Oh, DLC blade. Like, okay. The little boy with the, the, the like very the, long feather, pl- yeah, feather, feather yeah. cape. Feather yeah. scarf thing. Baby yeah. Sephiroth. Corvin. Maybe Sephiroth. Sure. Yeah, Maybe he's... Sephiroth that looks like a URTV. Yeah, she generally does really well with like the long swords, but like Corvin's in particular is really crazy because uh, her the the first attack comes out really quickly. So if you try to do the movement cancel, you can do like a ton of hits in no time. So it's mm. that's great. But then Corvin's level three gives you six guaranteed dodges on top of her already high agility stat. So if you take him. And then you pair her up with like two uh, five star common blades. Uh, her, you can get her agility like well over eight hundred to the point where, like, even the super bosses just will not touch her. <laughs> That's hilarious. And it's great. Like I've fought some super bosses, but they'll do their talent art, and you just see the word miss <laughs> just fill. All like all over more, I go to see miss, 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 miss. Like that one boss, uh, Cloud C King Ken. Now how he has that one move where he does a spin and it does like blowback on your entire party, and you have to just sit there and wait for your party to just get juggled to infinity. All too well, yes. <laughs> yep. Well, with Morag, at least the way I have her set up, she just straight up dodges the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I remember awesome. there were some ways I found later to kind of kind of cheap it felt, almost felt cheesy to sound yeah. clucks it's <laughs> it's so yeah. crazy with with him she also does really well with shulk i i used to use shulk on her for a long time and it was kind of nice to like see her hold the monado yeah she yes. is such a badass yes. with the monado i love it yes. and i also Monado's like power. using newt on her as well because when more yeah, that's does, who i was gonna bring up i yeah. was gonna say I, I actually had good look with newt on her newt's fun to use on her because um, whenever you do a blade combo, Morag does that that Jotaro like pose. Yes, she like, she like tilts the hat. So with New in particular, it's really funny because it's like it's just straight up JoJo. <laughs> How do you spell Newt's yeah. name? N E W T. Exactly how you N E W T. It's the military one. Yeah. Yep. Yes, with the big arms. Yeah. So th- that's really funny to do um, with Morag. <laughs> and, the, and the Kirby nightmare eye on the back of her head. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's just a lot of fun to play with. And I really enjoyed Morag. And Morag helped me understand the battle system a lot better. She helped me understand the potential of common blades, funny enough. It's it's great. <laughs> I don't call her and, the Inquisitor for nothing. Yeah. And, I mean, Bridget's also really good with Morag as well. Because Bridget has an ability, if I'm not mistaken, where her her attack goes up every time she dodges. So that's pretty good. <laughs> um, 
Bridget, Bridget lets yeah, she gets buffed every time she dodges. But the only problem with Bridget is that once you reach New Game Plus, she stops becoming as useful because like her attack stat just isn't high enough. So you can't really like I felt that when I was using Bridget as Morag, it could be because I was using her wrong. But I felt like in post game when I was using Bridget, I wasn't dealing enough damage to keep aggro on Morag. Yeah. Because, like, unfortunately, she had, more, like, say, Morag and maybe Tora on the party. They can compete for aggro, and that's not always a good thing. Yeah, it's not always a good thing. Yeah. Or, like, what can also happen is if, like, let's say you're somebody who likes to have uh, all the ether cannons on Zeke, what could happen is Zeke could do a big move and then soak up all the aggro, and then he just dies right away Mm -hmm. yeah i did kind of have that problem with zeke where i'm like wow i have way too many ether cannons on zeke but also it's cool it's kind of why i loved uh i I love like uh controlling zeke more because a lot of my very powerful attack blades were on him and i could also control the healing of the party because i had cosmos on him so I would always have like Hilbert effect. <laughs> Let me guess, you like Cosmos? Yes. <laughs> nope, can't stand. <laughs> what, but what I also love that in this game her heal was so busted. Like I was most of the time I was not even getting to the higher attacks. I was going always for Hilbert effect because it was healing the whole party completely. <laughs> Hilbert effect is insane <laughs> in that game. <laughs> yeah, and it was also really crazy to use that like during a chain attack yeah because then you could use the attack buff and just like nuke the screen it's great <laughs> most game is fun in Zenoblade only too <laughs> you could play really high risk reward stuff with hilbert effect i know because i did it all the time and i probably could have balanced my stuff better and avoided it being that high risk reward but still it was fun I don't see how it was high risk reward though. Well, it's like I you if you were only if you were at one point I was focusing mostly on attack, so I had a lot less healers and I was just letting Hilbert effect doing the heavy lifting on oh. healing for me. And that's what I mean. Well, I had more I think the aggro and I was the one controlling the healing, so it was yeah. fine. <laughs> you don't have to heal damage that the enemy can't do. <laughs> exactly best defense good offense and also like in blade 2 you can it's so easy to do a crit heal build it gets to a point where Mithra in my opinion at least I don't even really need healer blades not even just with Mithra you could do that on other characters too doesn't Cosmos have an ability that when she does like an attack, it like heals the party with the yeah, Hilbert effect? Yeah, we were That's talking, what we were about, talking about. It hits the whole like all the enemies on the field on top of healing everyone. It's, it's very busted. Pretty good. Yeah, it's a yeah. pretty dang good heal. And it's even better in a chain attack. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I guess we the next thing we have to talk about is uh, our default idea stats. Yeah, her default idea stats are level 6 for bravery, level 3 for truth, level 4 for compassion, and level 3 for justice. 
I'm kind of surprised justice is not higher, but... Yeah, you would think it'd be kind of reversed on compassion and justice, but no. But yeah, the, the, the stats do still make sense. It's just a little odd considering our position. But she is she is very brave. Yeah, she is. Yeah. It tells you... It's like a funny little thing, like tying stats into like actual, like personality character yeah. personality points is pretty cool. I yeah, like that. That is I did really like cool. that. Uh, so then after that, we also have uh, the favorite pouch item category are vegetable and art. And yet, uh, her favorite item is meat. Yeah, true. Which is a quote, 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 letter, quote, 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 letter. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to read it. I'm just like, I think my French and English are fighting right now. But yeah, quoteleta, like Nutella, but with a quote in front of it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it is kind of like quote, like a quote. I can't remember. I can't think of what that would be based off of. Quote letter. I don't know. <laughs> in, in Steamwork Organ, is that a? I'm guessing that's the instrument. Uh, that'd be an instrument, right? Yes, yeah. yes, it is an, it's that, an instrument. That's kind of a cool, like, image in my head of her just playing yeah. an organ. Steam powered organ. She would look so cool doing that. Remember, it just reminds me of how Telos, one of her favorite items, is a violin. I just remember just throwing yeah, a bunch of true. violins at her. Violins at the feet of Telos. <laughs> you shouldn't be throwing those. Wait, hold on a second. Isn't Telos a Xenosaga character? She's in yeah. this game too. She's also She's in the DLC. I had no idea. I only thought the only I thought the only Xenosaga character was Cosmos. I had no idea they also yeah. bought Telos over. Yeah, Telos is a lot easier to get than Cosmos. Yeah, because I think I don't fully remember the conditions, but I think if you are past a certain point in the game and you have the DLC, I think she has a very high chance of dropping or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like yeah, they I think they even raised the chance on her. Yeah, they the raised drop. the chance for her to drop like by a crap ton, like it was extremely easy to get. I know when whenever she the DLC dropped, like I tried to do I think one roll and I think I got her almost instantly. <laughs> well, to be fair, she she came with an update. She wasn't actually part of the DLC. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> so Anthony, you can get her. Yes. Oh sweet. But anyway, Morag. Um, I feel like we're kind of getting to like closing thoughts on yeah yeah, right? yeah. yeah i'm out of, yeah. i'll be i'll be real with you i'm out of stuff to say <laughs> that's fair that's fair um well i see that you have some uh thoughts b would you like to go into your thoughts on more oh, all right sure um so i i'll be honest i have a little bit of a crush on Morag. as soon as i saw the character design i'm like i need to cosplay that i don't know how i do it but i do um like just everywhere from her personality to the character design to the costume i just love 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 and i don't usually gravitate towards characters be like oh hey yeah that's a nice strong character but for her i don't know she's something special 
Um, mm-hmm. She does a lot of growing up from like serving the em- emperor um, uh, from, you know, justifying their kind of quote war to, you know, realizing, yeah, all is pretty effed up and let's see if we can go and make it a better place. Um, she's, she's loyal. She trusts who she trusts. Um, I believe she, like I wrote down in the notes that she, was it that she had the opportunity to possibly be emperor, but she didn't want to do that. She wanted to be free to go explore, do what she wants. Um, and, and be who she is. Like she knows who she is. She doesn't want to fit in any mold. And I just love that character design of Moreg. Like I would say she is my favorite character in the game, hands down. Like if you line them all up in a row, she's my number one. So yeah, that's my thought. Well, very well said B. Um, I, I I would echo your thoughts about uh, Morag. We're agreeing again. I would I, I echo. Well, yeah, because Morag's like one of the most like interesting characters in this I game, mean, far and away. Yeah. I, but I'm pretty sure this whole room will agree on everything you said just I now. I know I'm being sarcastic. What I was gonna What I was gonna say though is is that like, uh, with how strongly you've gravitated towards Morag, I felt that way towards Bridget. So, you know, Blade Driver, but like... Well, same, one and the same. Yeah. So, I I gravitated a lot towards Bridget just because, uh, one, her immaculate design. There, I have a weakness for purple and uh, tall. Me too! I have a weakness for purple and tall, strong women. And, like, Bridget... Have you seen Bridget's hair? Like, it is the coolest fucking thing. Um, anyway, so, like... I really just really love Bridget's like character design, uh, her character, her personality. I she's she's far and away one of my favorite blades in the game, if if not my favorite blade. And I really like the the impact that she has on the overall story, and sort of the, like like the the things that Bridget made me like think about uh, throughout the the journey together with the gang. Um, so. Like, Moradain, like, is such a strong point in Xenoblade 2, because it really does feature, in my opinion, like, two of the best characters in the entire game. Mm. Those are my closing thoughts. Nice. Anybody else want to share any last thoughts on Morag? I would say, I I think it's pretty similar to stuff that B said, uh... For me too, like the first time I saw her, I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's so cool!" And like, mm-hmm. she's this lady who's like a military, like more masculine look, and I-, I was really in love with the costume too. Not gonna lie, but yeah, I just really loved her from the get go. And that said, like, I do love the entire cast of, I, I do love the entire cast of Zillowblade too, but. Like she, she's one of the top. She's one of the top. It's just I feel like I have a couple of characters that might be like equal because the cast of Zelda Two is so wholesome, but but yeah, like she, she's just so great, and I love her, the story behind like Mordain as well, and like the characters of this place, and 
just how great you are. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what to add really because I feel like everything was said. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'm gonna stop it there. But like, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Valid. I guess I would just add that. Um, I mean, like, I think I would just add. I thought it was kind of um interesting how they wove her into the party as almost like suspicious and like at first in a way just like trying to make sure that everything's good but like secretly like deep down she just really wants to see like rex succeed and she really wants to believe in yep what rex is doing for like this even though it's like this really idealistic thing just like how much hope him being the aegis driver carries with it and her hoping for a better way than necessarily what her country has had to it's, it's felt like they've had to resort to doing that she's not necessarily she's not really for but and, and it also they're just like and I, this also shows in her talk with Nia that we brought up earlier but just her um like her sense of regret in some ways for that like that it has that it felt like it had to be that way and just the, the massive responsibility for taking that on her all on her shoulders to the point like where it whenever it's brought up and was like hey don't you think it's like messed up that your country is doing this to our country though she doesn't really have any she she's just more she doesn't have any kind of like denial for it she doesn't Mm. have any like sweet words to sugarcoat it she just takes full responsibility yeah, she doesn't make excuses. She doesn't or deflect. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which is really cool of her. And yeah. I find it like everything about that is extremely admirable, and um, and she does learn like things along the way about uh, like I mean because she's not fully on that track, but like you can tell that deep down she wants things to change for the better, and she that's one of the big reasons that she rests her hope in Rex is because it's an alternative to the, you know, like the senseless violence and war and everything. And I really like that about her. She's a very sympathetic character and like really uh, Moradan as a whole, like there's definitely people there that are, that don't like care about that stuff and just want, everybody kind of wants just the best for their country but like they don't there are some that clearly don't care who they hurt in the process and you can tell that she does yeah she does she really does like try to weigh the consequences and stuff yeah and she's really good at putting on a um she's really good at keeping that poker face yeah yep that's all i got (laughs) yeah um like as for me, yeah, I'm just going to be echoing everyone else, but um, yeah, I, she is definitely one of my favorite characters in the game. Um, I, as we've already mentioned, but um, just the way she kind of bends gender norms and breaks them um, is really cool, especially for a Japanese RPG. Um, she's just a really cool character in general and And i think that's why i gravitate towards her because i'm very much like that i like to break gender norms Mm -hmm. so i I think a lot of people can relate on that level anyway but yeah like that's a pretty cool thing that they did especially Mm -hmm. for a jrpg Mm -hmm. definitely okay i have one more thing 
Uh-huh. You have one more thing. Cool hat. Yeah, cool hat. <laughs> cool, it is a cool hat. hat. Uh. Cool hat, cooler uh. blade. Cool hat, cooler blade. Oh, yeah, that's this a good point, like Anthony. This almost like it would be a, a, an ad posted somewhere. <laughs> Anthony, very good point. We didn't even talk about the flaming whip swords. Yeah, like, that. that... never even brought that up. Well, I mean, we kind of did passing, but, you know, still, like... We did a very good job. You don't. You don't have to even say. You don't. We don't have to talk about how cool that is. It's just written all over it. Yeah, they're just oh, cool. Whips. Yeah, they're just, they're just like cool. really fucking cool they're fire fire whips. Cool. I actually went to the New York Renaissance Fair recently, and there was a guy who was doing a show, and the end of his act is he lights two whips on fire and starts like whipping them and it's really cool because it was like seeing like morag and bridget go at it in person it was awesome next nice. time you go record it and yes. we'll put voiceover of just morag and bridget's dialogue <laughs> just give me the order play the music <laughs> <laughs> just play the music <laughs> uh, uh justin do you have any last thoughts on morag I really like her design. I think she's a very unique character um, for, you know, not just this kind of game, the series, but just in general. I yeah. wish we had more like her. And that's really all I got to say. That's not just dragging this out longer than it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, then I say we call it here. Um very good discussion, guys. Um, yeah, even though we were kind of like uh, distracted or asleep at times. Oops. It's okay. It's it's next, late. It's a Thursday night. It's next time, caffeine it up. Yep. <laughs> or take a nap. Or, well, sleep. Um, so we'll uh, go around and uh, if there's anything you want to promote or share or something you're doing or whatever or playing, uh, we can share it. Uh, we'll start with you, Justin. So, on um, Retro Lab, we're doing the Creepy Casino. So we're playing a bunch of horror and or spooky games. If you, I'm sure by the time this episode is up, we'll be pretty far into the marathon. But uh, if you've missed previous games that we played, Sam has been uploading the VODs on our YouTube, so check that out. It's good yeah, that's really all I have to say. Speaking okay. of commanding women, Justin just played Bayonetta the other night. <laughs> yep. Very good game. You don't command Bayonetta. Bayonetta commands you. Yeah. Exactly. Justin did not command Bayonetta. <laughs> Justin wielded Bayonetta. Or really, what I want to say is I was Bayonetta. <laughs> yes, Slay Queen. Um, Indeed. <laughs> Uh, well, I want to just add is... a quick addendum onto what Justin just brought up with Retro Roulette. Um, we are on the 31st-ish, the 30th and 31st, I think we're like doing a two-day thing. We are um, going to be doing a big Halloween stream, so please be sure to check that out and uh, come hang out and have fun because we will be playing Bayonetta 3, um, which, will, which will have only been out for two days at that point. Uh, when we uh, go live with that. Noise. Assuming my copy makes it on time. If it, oh, if it doesn't, great. I'm just going to go to the store and pick one up. Anthony's just going to buy it. Yeah. Bring nice. it. Nothing stopping nice. me. Yeah, sure. Do you have anything else to share, Anthony? Uh, 
I'm currently still working my way through Xenoblade 3. Uh, I am streaming it, and between D&D sessions, I'm basically streaming it whenever I can. Uh, so I am working on it. I'm not, I, I, I'm gonna, not gonna lie. I'm, I'm not beelining it, uh, like I, like I, I typically do for whatever reason. I am more compelled to explore in this one, which is crazy because I feel like I should be more compelled to beeline it in this one. It's, it's weird. Um, but, uh. I'll give you that. Uh, like the exploration is really good, and yeah, like the it, the pace does big... give you some more breaks in yeah. some ways. Yeah, I guess. that and there's a lot of big, uh, big pl- side plot things that adds on a lot to the story as well. So I think it's good that you're actually yeah. and going the game, around. Yeah, yes, practically but... begs you to explore. I do want to yeah. make it for the review episode because that's important to me. So on yeah. one hand. I like I I'm not beelining it, but I really feel like I should be beelining it. <laughs> so I, I mean, if you have to in the end, you can always come back to the exploration. I maybe this is gonna be an unpopular opinion, but I kind of don't wanna do a review episode. I kind of just wanna I feel like it'd be better if we just spoke about individual topics. Like oh okay. That, that might actually be a better structure because, like, it's it is a lot to discuss. No, I think I think it could have been cool to just do a shorter episode. episode of maybe we could just, do like just like her thoughts or something, a general of thoughts the, episode. But I feel like yeah. there's reactions. Sort of the I should thing. say, yeah. Okay, that that's a bit more fair. That, that's a bit but more like, what we're but here's the thing: if we do that, let's make it brief because I feel like there's a lot to talk about. And many of those topics can be individual episodes in yeah, and of themselves. Yeah, I think it would be just an overview of how we felt yeah, about like a, like the a, game like, in general. Like, a, did a you like reaction. it or did you not like it? Let's like, let's talk about this off the episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to bring up a raging debate. Um. No. So, basically, I am working my way through it, and when we do talk about Zen, when we get around to talking about Xenoblade Three, I want to be around for that. That's basically my point. So I am working on sure. that. Um, my Dungeons and Dragon campaign is going really, really well. Um, I'm I'm addicted. My players are addicted. It, we're having a blast with it. I've I've learned that I'm apparently a very good DM and I'm very good at coming up with stories. So I'm I'm really happy about that. And I could say that D and D is now you know two years of, after two years of playing it, it's now going to be a lifelong passion. I love this game. It is awesome. It is incredible to anyone listening who had thinking about trying it uh, and has not done so yet. Try it, please. I am begging you. I've wanted to do it for years. It took the pandemic and the world ending for me to get around to trying it. And let me tell you, it has changed my life. I love it. So could not recommend it enough. And then, aside from that, I uh, can't really think of much else. So, yeah, I think that's about it for me. All right. Uh, how about you, Marie? Um, I'm also working my way through Xenoblade Tree. Uh, hopefully, I can get out of Chapter 5 soon, but I don't know how much is left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't finish the big exploration part of it, though, I think. I think I'm not sure if there's more. <laughs> this is the thing with like these uh, these things that sometimes you're like, 
oh yeah, the story's going out by smoothly, and then you get to this gigantic zone, and you're like, well, time to get distracted by every shiny. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, aside from that, I do have a smaller convention uh, next weekend, which I'm not quite realizing it's happening, but it's happening. So <laughs> there was, yes, yeah, like it's like you're in the mud, like you're a week before. You're just like, I have a convention next week. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's okay. It, it's it's a small one. It's a chill one. Um, but uh, basically, uh, around the time where COVID had started and like we went into uh, confinement, um, <laughs> there was a convention that was supposed to happen back then that was a convention of Final Fantasy moving around and it was the first time they were coming to Montreal and then like it got cancelled or pushed. They kept the tickets of people like and they were like we're just gonna push it for for when we can actually reschedule it. And oh, wow. Now is finally nice. the time where they can reschedule it. Nice. And they did. So wow, it's yeah it's one. it's my it's my ticket convention from like the pandemic. <laughs> I was say, no wonder you would forget about it because it's like, dang. Yeah, yeah that, have, they almost talked me into uh, signing up for that one. I didn't have I to like, fill a form to transfer to like the new ticket mm-hmm. because basically what they did is that they did a form where you had to apply in advance just so that they would transfer mm-hmm. your old ticket to the new one. So yeah, that, that's the only thing I had to do, and they were like, "Oh yeah, chill. Here's your ticket. There you go." <laughs> So it uh, it's already paid from like years ago. So yeah, I, I'm gonna go there, and it's a bit more different. Apparently, like I've never really gone there, but apparently it's more intimate and like a bit like role playing ish because like they they kind of make not these lifetime events sometimes in some Final Fantasy, like in Final Fantasy Nine. They do some events like this, like within the convention, and you can actually get points to exchange against things or get gil. So oh. it's it's really interesting. It's a really interesting concept. So I'm looking forward to it. It's called CupoCon. Huh. But yeah, I, I'm really I, I'm really excited to to see what it is about because I've been curious about that convention forever. <laughs> so yeah, aside from that, not too much going on. Like. It's mostly me trying to catch up on my games. Mm-hmm. And I also just got Trails of From Zero then got here and I'm just like, must resist until I finish Zelda 3. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for now. <laughs> well, that's cool. That sounds like a really cool convention. I hope you have fun. Yes, yes. I'm sure I will. Uh, Nick, how about you? Uh, I mean, not much to like I mean, not much to speak of. I'm at, I'm at the big booty ending of Xenoblade Three. Basically, I got like the last dungeon, and that's it. Uh, I've been doing a lot of side stuff. It's been very hard to pull my away myself away from like exploration and stuff, especially in that game, to do to like actually finish it. But I'm, I'm going to very soon. And um, other than that. Um, I've been playing a few other smaller games here and there, especially like I've started playing some like smaller spooky games for the season for the spooky. Halloween season. Uh, but just here and there, I'm still mostly playing Xenoblade Three whenever I play. Um, and I've also been, you know, working on some side projects that I'm not really ready to talk about yet 
just some little art things. Um, but mm. hey, mm. you'll see. <laughs> I'll talk about it more in a later episode, probably. Sweet. But yeah, that's that's all I got. Okay. Uh, how about you, B? Um, I'll be honest. Uh, life has caught up with me, so I haven't been doing any video games. Um, been busy with um as you podcast people know but not not the audience um someone in my family's getting married so i'm busy with that um so i haven't had any times for gaming but can i plug a book yes of course you okay. can plug anything you want excellent i am not a reader i'll say this right now i hate reading but there is one book that i recently picked up um and i can't put the stupid thing down um, it is a historical fiction called Five Little Indians by Michelle Good. It is a, a fictional story of residential school survivors. If you're into um, uh, indigenous uh, residential school and learning more about that, the book is friggin' powerful. Oh my gosh, I can't put it down. And it, it takes place in like um, uh, over in BC in Vancouver. And then there's some um, connection to what happens in the States, but if you're into historical fiction um, and anything like that, I highly, highly recommend that book. Like I said, I hate reading and I can't put the stupid <laughs> thing down. So, yeah, there you go. Go read a book. Sounds like a good book. All right. Um, okay. Um, as for me, um, I beat Xenoblade 3 a few weeks ago. Um, and I got a little burnt out uh, doing post-game stuff. Um, so I've been playing a game called Citizen Sleeper, which I've heard of this. It's I think I heard this name before. It's so so good. Like if you like Disco Elysium and it's like role play mechanics, it the shooter art. <laughs> well, and uh, and you know, kind of less less <laughs> gameplay in a way. Um, uh, this will definitely scratch that itch. Um, it's I really love the the story and the settings and uh so far it's just been very addictive and it's i've i was trying to pick up something that'd be like kind of short after playing the, the monstrosity that is in a blade three <laughs> but monstrosity. Um, oh, sorry it's a monstrosity. <laughs> no, that makes it sound so negative yeah um but yeah i've been addicted to citizen sleeper um so I recommend that. Um, yeah, I've been on my, I've been, I had my eye on that one. Looks really good. Yeah. Um, but that's all I can really think of at the moment. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks everyone for joining in this episode. It was a fun chat. Oh, yes, um, it was. Th- thanks for the listeners for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. And if you ever want to, Reach out to us, say what we got wrong, what we got right, probably what we got wrong. Uh, you can at us on Twitter at Zenochat Podcast or email us at Zenochatpodcast at gmail.com. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think before this episode would have been the uh, news episode, yes. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, thank you again for listening, everyone, and have a good night. Good night, night people. Bye. Take care.
This should prove interesting to say the least. Also, Nick, you're very distant. You may want to get a bit closer to your mic. I'll just eat my microphone. <laughs> no, dude. Okay, um, I don't know if this works any better, but yeah, we'll try it. That's better. Yeah, that's you know, better. For a second, you I was also kind of talking low, so. Oh, okay. You know. We'll, and Anthony, we'll... as usual, uh, don't stay too close to your mic in your case. But don't be too far away either. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that if you had the DK bongos, instead of clapping on the microphone, you could actually just go and it would pick it up as claps constantly, and it was like the wow. turbo button for clapping. Uh, it was pretty great. That's pretty great. <laughs> and if you recorded that, feel free to put it as like a, a secret sound or something. <laughs> I, don't know. I am recording right now. On the backup. Engaging the enemy. Turn your video down. <laughs> yes, like <laughs> we can hear you. We seem to be doing just fine. Okay, good job. 